And welcome to the inaugural episode of what we are calling the Ground Control Podcast, at least for the time being. Yeah. We will, you know, we're open to suggestions on the name. We're not married to it yet. But it seems to be a little bit more in line, well, not in line with anything, but better than the Lazy Bastard Radio, which is what we were going from before, if you've listened to us before. If you're a fan, an old school fan, hardcore from back before we sold out. Or if we just made you feel bad because you know us and you're not listening to us and guilt tripped you into it. How we're going to work this format-wise, we think, is we're going to start with just a little bit of what's going on in our lives and uh, things we recommend that are currently available, and then we're going to move on to... Well, we, we've kind of decided that we're, we're going with the Sesame Street theme, and we're going with letters of the alphabet that we'll, we will bring you. That's right. So this being our inaugural episode will be brought to you by the letter A. Um, and actually, I heard, I think it's categories or... One sort of word-based board games. One of the things your parents made you pay, play when there were friends. Yeah, over. the current it yeah. comes with a twenty-sided die that has the twenty most common letters of the alphabet on it. So if we didn't necessarily just want to go A through Z, we could we could get one of those and mix it up. Which six letters get left uh, off? The six a, crappy ones. Sucks. I don't know. What, 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 come on. Yeah. <laughs> like six crappy ones aren't necessarily the ones that are are used less. Like you might consider X isn't used a lot, but I think X is pretty extreme. Well. Well, that, I didn't mean to make that joke. <laughs> You fail. <laughs> All right, and that's it, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Kicking Tom off the podcast after two minutes. Oh. <laughs> I lasted longer last time. Um, yeah, so that's taken two minutes and change, and so why don't we get into recommendations and uh, and personal stories. All right, well, uh, you no, want to no, go first? Ahead. No, you go ahead. All right, well... Uh, let's see here. Personal stories. What has been going on? Well, I know one thing that affects us both is uh, two weeks ago we went to the Calgary Folk Festival here we in did. town, which was a pretty awesome time. Got to see a lot of new bands. If we'd all off here right now, it would probably take too long. It's going to use up my entire five minutes. So I'll just say that Reverend Payton's Big Damn Band was amazing. Joel Plaskett was good, getting to see him. What else went so, on? City in Color, who I've never been big on, did a good show. I, and I didn't get to see Joel Plaskett through circumstances yeah. beyond my control. Yeah, and weather on Friday was terrible, absolutely terrible. A lot of bands didn't get to you that night because it was too damn cold. There was that. Catherine McClellan and The Head and the Heart. If you get a chance, give a listen to The Head and the Heart. They are quite, quite decent. Uh, yeah. Quite decent sounds like damning with faint praise. What he means is they're very good. <laughs> they're very, very good, yes. Well, they've been Conan. They don't need my yeah, praise. Fair they... So there was that. Spent last weekend at a family reunion back in the good old Jaw. The Moose's Jaw, in fact. It was a decent time. The rest of my family golfs. I don't golf because I'm terrible at it, and I find it kind of boring. But still good times. And we spent a couple days ago uproariously, expensively drunk. Going to a pub in town, Bottle Screw Bills, which... Um, oh, sorry, I got confused. I thought you were still talking about your family reunion. No, uh, we only got lightly drunk there. But Bottle Screw Bills is a pub here in town that we've been going to where they have a... They have a thing they call Around the World in 80 Beers, which is basically you have a year to drink 80 different beers from different locations around the world, and you get a little passport where you can record fun things in it, like 
you can rate your beers, but you don't actually have to give them a, a number rating. You can like just record funny things like, well, this tasted like pennies, like pennies, or, or ooh, bacony, yeah, or you yeah. know, whatever. So as with any beverages, some of them are quite good. Some of them are very much not good. And we were quite surprised when we went just the most recent time at beers that we really hated apparently are quite popular, and beers that we've been we were told by our server are not good. We were like, eh, you know, yeah. it's drinkable. Yeah, it was weird. Well, maybe drinkable to you guys. I got stuck on a, like line of just crappy beer, seven in a row, where I was like, this this tastes worse than the last one, and I thought that that was ball sweat. So this the next one has to be better, and it wasn't. So uh, <laughs> that being said, a bottle screwville's great little place, little bar here in Calgary. Yeah, it's on First uh, Street and Twelfth uh, Avenue, Southwest Calgary. It's lots of specialty beers, so imports or beers you're not going to find anywhere else. So. Good time. We had a lot there. I got a free Guinness belt buckle from our waitress. Oh, that's right. Just yeah. randomly. Just randomly. She walked up to the table and was like, anyone here drink Guinness? Which she she recognized us as those kind of people, I think. Yeah, yeah we were the ones who were complaining about lagers. So. Yeah. You know, we're, we're almost six minutes in, at least, of the raw recording, and we haven't introduced ourselves. Oh, God uh, damn it. <laughs> we just sort of assumed that everyone listening to this episode is a listener from our previous podcast. Which may not be wrong, to be honest with you, but still. Yeah, so, right, so this is Ground Control. I'm Adam, and with me, as always, is Major Tom. That's Wait, that's hold on, my, my circuit's dead. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to do that every, no, I'm... Yeah, every every single time. That, that was That's the joke upon which the title is based. It may or may not last... Our other option was was it five dollar bill and an old pair of pants? Uh, an old jacket pocket. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's the other one that's sort of hanging out, and we're obviously more than happy to have other options. Yeah, please, if you've got any suggestions, send them in to us. We'll at the end of the cast. We'll list our Twitter and our our email and our, all that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, like we're open. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, actually, we didn't. We haven't registered an email address for this show yet. So. Uh, oh yeah. Probably because it doesn't have a name, but we're very easily accessible. Okay. So uh, my last couple of weeks, yeah. I have been taking August off, essentially, uh, from from too much busyness. My my rule has been if I leave the, the city during August, it will be by accident. Between May and July, other than sleep, I think I spent about four hours at home. It was just nonstop, had so many things to do, so many places to be. A lot of it was for work, which doesn't really count for you know things that you do for fun. But Folkfest, as Tom said, was a was a big thing. I went to Thunder in the Valley and uh, the Crowsness Pass. It was oh, right. Thunder. a really interesting year. It's for the people who don't know, it's this huge fireworks display in Crowsness Pass, Alberta, which is a tiny little town with a really overfunded uh, fireworks show that started out as just a way for the volunteer fire department to practice their pyro license. And Every year they do a big draw, and they 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 raise between forty and fifty thousand dollars a year just from fifty fifty tickets um, that goes towards the next show. It's generally, a solid half hour of music and explosions, and they let you sit really close, and you get pelted with shit. But this year, about twenty minutes before the fireworks were supposed to start, maybe an hour, there was a huge rainstorm, and so when the fireworks started, the air pressure was really high, and the clouds were really low. So when the fireworks started, normally the smoke gets a chance to dissipate up into the air, and this year it just sort of hung over the crowd. And by the end of it, the only the only fire you could actually see clearly were the ones that went really high up over the crowd, because um, all the low end ones were just like flashes of light in the in the cloud. It was almost like there was a Star Wars battle going off in the distance. <laughs> yeah. As far as other stuff, I just recently started a comic book pull list at Another Dimension Comics here in town, which is the first. Even though I've been reading comics. 
pretty consistently now since like 2000 and then before that there was a break and then before that when I was a kid I've never actually had a pull list before but as a 29 year old man this is a, a new experience for me and it's neat to go and have people have comics just waiting for you that are specially you <laughs> and related to that I, I signed up for a few different titles on the the DC new universe reboot um, so I'm gonna be getting detective and Batman and Nightwing a lot of the Batman books Outside the Batman books, I was thinking of getting Justice League Dark, which is this new team with uh, John Constantine and Swamp Thing and stuff on it. Oh, I'd heard about that, actually. It's almost a little more, not the supernatural characters, but like the darker kind of characters well, think, who don't get a lot of mainstream. I think they are like the supernatural characters, because all of the, I mean, Zatanna is probably the most commercial of the characters that are on the list, and she's, okay. she's a wizard. I forgot to put Wonder Woman on, but I'm actually really curious about Wonder Woman. I'm not a big fan of the character, but... It's being written by Brian Azzarello, who wrote 100 Bullets. So it'll be very convoluted then, is what you're and saying? And potentially, like, a really different take on this sort of classic superhero who runs around and, you know, does her standard, I'm a goddess in tights thing, but right. written by a crime writer. So, you know, it's just like with Marvel Comics, if you had told me that Captain America could ever be an interesting character, I would have called you a liar until I read the Ed Brubaker run. And again, you give a crime writer a superhero and see what happens. That's it for what I've been up to lately. So why don't we move on to our theme of the episode, the letter A. Thomas, why don't you tell us a little bit about the letter A? All right, what have I got here for the letter A? Well, why don't we start off with something that if you're a nerd, I know everyone out there has heard of. Heard about and is avidly awaiting 2011, but we've got the Avengers movie coming out. That's right, and we have been dealing with uh, or not dealing with, I suppose that makes it sound really bad. <laughs> we have been enjoying the Avengers prequel movies. Yes, yes we have. Um, I just saw Captain America when I was home, actually. Me and my brother went and saw it, and I was a big I, I was a big fan. I loved it. Like, I had read the Ed Brubaker Captain America a few months ago as well, and it was, it was a great storyline. And the thing is, is that the people who are writing these movies definitely recognize when there has been a great storyline, because you will see elements of it, like, oh, yeah. peppered throughout. Like, Iron Man was that way, Thor was that way, yeah. um, like, the, the JMS Thor, run, when Thor got reborn. It's not exactly like the Thor movie, but there are so many elements of it that it may as well be, like, co-written by J. Michael Straczynski. I'm pretty sure in the Thor credits there was, like, special thanks to Matt Fraction, who's done some amazing work on Thor. Yeah. And I think Brubaker got a special thanks in Captain America, though I can't recall. I'm certain he must have. If if not, well, he knows what he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was a really good movie. And at the end, you know how Marvel loves to do their their little stinger at the end. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a brief synopsis of what's going to happen next. They just basically show the Avengers trailer. Yeah, Cap was just a straight-up Avengers trailer. <laughs> yeah, which I was a little disappointed with, but I'd never seen the Avengers trailer, so... Well, I think it had just... Like just it's recently, not even online. I can't find it yeah, online right now. Yeah, and it had so. just recently been released as far as... Well, it's not even released, but I think it was shown at Comic Expo just before the movie came out. Yes, so. I heard something like that, that other people had seen it. And it looks good. Like It looks like it'll be great. I mean, they got a star-studded cast. They've got all these already established characters, some of them who have two movies out already or more. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like 40 Hulk movies if you want to go. And Lou Frigno <laughs> is playing the Hulk, so you can count all that old Incredible Hulk stuff as... Lou Frigno's not playing the Hulk. He's the voice of the Hulk. Really? He really, yeah. <laughs> Why would they cast Mark Ruffalo to play Bruce Banner and then not let him do the voice of the Hulk? Because Joss Whedon's a total nerd. He's like, oh, Lou Frigno. That's, that's wanky. <laughs> Yeah. I just read, read an article where Josh is talking about they're about two-thirds of the way done filming the movie. We will see it soon. And I mean, 
it was actually interesting to talk about the Stingers for a second here, because I was talking with my brother, who told me he was disappointed with X-Men First Contact. Class, first class. First class. God damn it. That, that would have been a very awesome. different film. Very. But might have been awesome. Yeah. Anyways, but he said he was disappointed because there was no Stinger at the end of it. And I was like, well, that's because it's not a Marvel movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, And I had to explain to him that, like, and some people might not know this, but right now, the X-Men rights to do movies, the Spider-Man rights to do movies... I don't know about Ghost Rider. I don't really care. That might be Marvel, might not, but someone yeah. should be ashamed of themselves. X-Men and Spider-Man are obviously the two. Yeah, they're not... The rights to make those movies aren't held by Marvel right now because they sold them sold them out to other companies before they had their own film studio. So Fox... I think Sony has one of them? Yeah, I think Sony is doing Spider-Man, actually. Yeah, Sony, Spider-Man, and Fox, I think, has X-Men. And they have rights to do those as long as they keep making movies about them. Fantastic Four is another one that is not a Marvel movie. It's owned by someone else, and they're making movies. So those those ones... Although they probably won't make any more Fantastic Four movies with that particular license unless they do some major recasting, considering that Chris Evans has now gone on to play Captain America. Who arguably is a better uh, better superhero than the Human Torch. But... Yeah, well... So yeah, like when you see those movies, what they're doing there is not does not transfer over to the other Marvel superhero movies because that's Sony's imagination or whatever's going on there. And they don't cross over with each other either. And except for the fact that they're building the Avengers specifically with, with crossover in mind, I, I, I would argue that it would be a better use of continuity to make those movies and not have them cross over and not have them reference each other. Oh, definitely, definitely. Well, it's like... Like with a lot of superhero stuff, right? Like we've said, Batman doesn't work as well in a world where there's other superheroes in that world who can do everything he does faster with super strength, the super speed, whatever. Yeah. It's much more entertaining to see Batman in a world without other superheroes. That's why the Dark Knight trilogy that Chris Nolan's doing is going so well. Yeah, there was a comic book writer, actually, and he wrote a really well-received run on Fantastic Four and... He created the character of Impulse for DC? No, Static Shock. Okay, okay, yep. So his name was Dwayne McDuffie, and he's recently passed away. He has an essay on his website that's sort of like his his uh, universal theory of how comics continuity should work. And his idea is that like it's okay to have each character exist in their own unique continuity. It only works within the title of that book. And then you have crossover, but don't have the story cross back and forth. So the crossover takes place only in the realm of that crossover and only has impact on the book that it's published in. So if you have Green Lantern and The Flash, say in the Flash universe, 9-11 never happens. So, uh, cause, or let me get the other way, because it's easier. Green Lantern stops the, the 9-11 from happening in okay, Green Lantern. Yep. So in Green Lantern's universe, the Twin Towers still exist, but in the Flash universe, they're gone. Now, if the Flash comes to visit Green Lantern, that takes place in the Green Lantern continuity. None of it that ha- happens has any impact. If you're only a Flash reader, you haven't missed anything. You don't have to worry about what's going on. And that way, you only have to keep the continuity of the books you're reading in your head. Mm. See, that would be a lot better for the reader. I think the thing, the thing that the comic book companies aren't going to want is that means that then if you're a Flash reader, and there's no impulse. There's no reason for you to go buy that Green Lantern comic book, right? Yeah. You don't have to. Though, arguably, you could the companies could then just make it focus more on the creator and, and encourage people to buy up because you like his work on this, come see him in this. Right. We're way off A at this point. <laughs> yeah, very true. We kind of got, well, and that might be a good place to 
to wrap up the Avengers because actually, like, we just used it as a leaping point into, into something comic else. books, which I think yeah. is probably going to happen a lot as yeah. we play with this format. One last thing I'd like to say about Avengers, though, is that I was talking about this earlier today, but I remember when the, they first announced Avengers and everyone was up in arms because they're like, "Oh, Nathan Fillion should play Ant Man right. because that would actually make the character interesting." And Ant Man Ant Man does start with A. But if you look on the IMDb, there's no mention of Ant Man, Hank Pym, or the Wasp or any of them, and there's no. I don't remember seeing them in the trailer either. No, they like, definitely weren't. So I think that Joss Whedon has just said, you know what, no one really likes these characters, and I've got more important Avengers to focus on. And, I mean, we've all seen when comic book villains get to be too much. When you have a Batman movie with six or seven villains that Batman's fighting against, or in this case, Spider-Man 3, where we've got Sandman, Venom, all these different characters. It It's an overload, and I think you, that could happen with heroes too. If you're pumping too many heroes into it, it just becomes overloaded and none of them, you, you, you don't care about any of them, or one person gets all the spotlight. Oh, absolutely, and and the one person having all the spotlight thing, that tends to be, I think, the solution. The old Mission Impossible TV series, it was a team. There were three guys, and they all contributed equally to the team, but the movies have all been about Ethan Hunt, who is the face man of the team. Yeah. Uh, played by Tom Cruise. Which they're bringing out another one of them, but I don't want to talk yeah. about that. <laughs> the trailer like looks like it has some really cool scenes in it, but it's cut so badly. See, and my thing was, is that I like the team if they just bring Ving Rhames back from the other movies, because he doesn't look like he's in it. But I just don't want to see Ethan Hunt. I don't care about <laughs> Tom Cruise. So I'd, ra- I'd watch a movie with Simon Pegg as the hacker or whatever, and Ving Rhames as the big meaty guy and yeah. there's some other people in there who I was like I, th- this is a great team they're just led by Tom Cruise and then oh Gone in 60 Seconds is a good example of a movie where they have like this ensemble but really just focuses on Nick Cage's character where it's done well is Reservoir Dogs uh, they have the big team but you really get a sense of everybody being important and everybody gets their own face time so my A thing is I did a bit of digging on the history oh, history I guess on interesting facts about apples so apples, I think everyone has eaten an apple, unless you're allergic, in which case you probably still ate one or most of one until you found that out. So there are 7,500 different varieties of apples. It's one of the most commonly cultivated fruits in the world. Interesting, there are 57,000 genes in an apple tree. Humans have 30,000 genes, so apples are almost twice as genetically complex as we are, which probably results in the 700 or 7,500 different varieties of apples. Now, a lot of you will recognize apples as the fruit of the tree of life from mythology. However, apples, apparently, the word apple in a lot of ancient cultures and even in English up until the 17th century, the same word was used for apple as for any fruit from another country, including nuts. And that comes from Jonathan Sauer's book, Historical Geography of Crop Plants, if you want to. Apple nut. Apple nut sounds like a flavor for a cereal or something, <laughs> or, or like a Nutri-Grain bar. Yeah, it actually really does. Yeah. Apples are deeply mixed up in our mythology, both in the... So there's Greek references to apples, in that the golden apples of the Hesperides were what Hercules had to get on one of his labors. There are the apples of Norse mythology, which apparently was what gave them their immortality. Now, the thing with them is they had to keep eating those apples. Yes. Like, if they ever stopped eating them, then they'd lose their immortality. And also, the apples of the Hesperides... I think they were supposedly part of what gave the Greek gods their immortality as well. So, the magic fruit connection there... Magic fruit connection would be an awesome band name. (laughs) I think the magic fruit connection would be like a 70s gay funk band. Okay. Well, in modern times, I think it'd be a children's band. You know, like you could do like those cutie little children's records. It'd be a YTV guest appearance kind of band. The 
Latin name for apple is malum, which is the same as the word for evil. There's just a different emphasis on the A, which probably didn't contribute well to the reputation of the apple through history. Mm. Well, I remember, like, apples were supposedly poisonous when they were first found in North America, were they not? People thought they were... I wouldn't think so, because humans had been eating apples long before there was colonization in North America. I remember hearing something about how people used to think that any fruit that was red was poisonous. So apples, tomatoes, that sort of thing, people have tended to shy away from them for a I while. I suppose that's possible, but, I mean, a lot of the things we eat are red in color, and a lot of them we've been eating for a very long time. Apple seeds are apparently slightly poisonous. A lot of people are like, oh, don't eat the core of an apple, it'll kill you. They contain what's, what's called amygdalin. Amygdalin is a cyanogenic glycoside. Glycoside is a kind of sugar, and cyanogenic means that when you digest the sugar, it turns into cyanide. However, the amount of cyanide that's produced by the digestion of apple seeds is not enough to harm an adult human. You would get sick from eating apples long before you got poisoned by the cyanide. However, it does kill birds, or so it can kill some birds. Yeah, but seriously. Yeah, fuck birds. Who fucking cares about that? <laughs> Actually, that's probably a leftover because I was reading a Nancy Boys, which also starts with A. In that book, fuck me. <laughs> yes, absolutely correct. Now, you mentioned the Tree of Life thing, uh, book on mythology, yeah. which I remember reading an article before where they talked about the fact that in the original text, it probably wasn't an apple because I don't believe apples were native to the region. Uh, you, apples originated in Western Asia, so they're sort of, they're still grown in Turkey. So I think that's the area of the world they started in. Yeah, so I remember reading something that like it was probably closer to a, a pear or something like that in the original, original text. They're, they're often depicted as pears, yeah, or oranges. Probably, like you said, they use the term apple to mean something from another country, yeah. and it just kind of has transferred over throughout translation. And, uh, you know, Bible, well, I guess we shouldn't question the fact that it's the word of God that has been passed straight down from the heavens. I so, question uh, that. <laughs> you question nothing. I was going to say something about... Oh, right. To compare apples to oranges, just an interesting bit of trivia. The word orange in English, people often wonder, like, well, why is an orange the color of orange? The English language didn't have a word for the color orange until the fruit was introduced. And I think it's originally, those were cultivated in India and, and, and sort of southern Asia. So, so, so what did we just say? It's, it's that colored? Like, you just have to carry a swatch of orange around with you to show in, people? In Latin, the closest equivalent is red or yellowish red. If you look at the history of color words, the oldest languages have fewer color words, and they're sort of borrow color words over time, and different languages have different sets of color words. When you describe a spectrum, when you describe a rainbow in English, you get your seven colors, right? In Russian, I guess, there's eight standard colors because they subdivide their blue. So they have two very common words to describe the color blue. And so the question is, does that mean they perceive color differently because their language is different? Uh, no, not like I'm not saying that some people are better or worse at color, but when you're talking about color in English, we have to come up with ridiculous brand names for color. Well, and you, you run across things where it's like this is salmon, yeah. or yeah, exactly. canary yellow, or whatever. And so the question is, if you already have more color words in your language, does that change the way you perceive and describe your environment? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Anything else on your list? Well, I got a few things. Like again, I made a big list, but some of it's not worth talking about. You know, I just tend to babble sometimes. Why don't you hit one more good one? See, Alexis on fire is breaking up, but none of us really care that much. Although we did see City and Color, who's the lead singer at Folk. Yeah, Fest. that's the second time I've seen him. I think he's a great guitarist, but you know what? 
all his songs sound exactly the same. Well, that was my thing with City and Color. I was falling asleep because, again, it, they just seemed so similar. And they're sad. <laughs> they're very yeah. sad. He's an amazing guitarist, but he does his best work when he's playing other people's songs. I don't even, I don't know the guy's name. I do know the guy's name. Dallas, Dallas Green. Green. But they're breaking up because he wants to focus on City and Color, like, all of his energy. And the rest of the band, the other guitarist went off to do something else, so the other two guys are like, well, we can't really be Alexis on Fire. I never really listened to Alexis on Fire, and I actually, at the beginning, I always had trouble with wondering, is it Alexis on Fire, or is it Alex is on Fire? That that bugged me for a while. Yeah, that's a good question. I guess the way people always say it is Alexis on Fire, so... Yeah, but it always, yeah, Yeah, caught bugging. I don't think I would recognize a single Alexis on Fire song. No, no, same here. If we want to get into, well, something going on that has to do with A, which is assholes, uh... Sanford Wallace, the self-proclaimed spam king of Las Vegas, well, of the world, but he's in Las Vegas. <laughs> spam king of Las Vegas sounds like something <laughs> from like a post-apocalypse movie, and he like hoarded all of the spam cans when the apocalypse came. He became a king. I saw a Photoshop picture of him actually, and there was a whole spam photoshopped everywhere around him, like just different cans in different locations. Basically, he has been on trial right now for Facebook, uh, compromising f- over 500,000 Facebook accounts. Probably one of yours, list- dear listeners. It's quite likely, because I've gotten some spam from people on Facebook. So someone out there listening to this, you may have done this. Basically, through phishing, ads will pop up, things will pop up, and it'll say, oh, enter your name, enter your password yeah. here. And then once he's got your password, he sends spam out to all of your, everyone who's a friend of yours, basically. They say he sent over 27 million spam messages to different users. Now, this is interesting because he was banned from using Facebook in 2009 on a different charge while they were investigating him. And they say that within a month, he had violated that restraint. Yeah, well, I find that hilarious. Like, how did they ever think they were going to be able to enforce that? This guy's been going on forever. During the 90s. He and another guy ran a company called Cyber Promotions, which they estimate would send out over 30 million junk emails a day. That's crazy. Like, so chances are good. Like, if you use the net in the 90s, which most of our listeners probably did, chances are good you got, like, a few hundred different junk mails from this guy. I mean, while well, Hotmail accounts, you're probably still getting junk mail from this guy. Now, asshole, does, does so. he draft the emails himself? Is he actually a guy <laughs> at his computer who just is, is just, like, throwing word salad down and sending it? <laughs> I really hope so, but somehow I doubt <laughs> it. In 2008, he was sued $230 million from MySpace for the same kind of shit, fined $4 million from the Federal Trade Commission for malware and pop-ups. So if you, you know, if you ever went to not porn site or something else... Wait, 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 and, there's porn sites on the internet? Well, so I've heard. I mean, I would ever be a be party to something Given like that. Given that we're probably hosting this podcast on Tumblr, I'm sure you can't find any porn on Tumblr. No, never. Don't even look. Don't even bother. It's not worth it. But And suddenly your screen is filled <laughs> with pop-ups. You know, suddenly it's like pop-up, pop-up, pop-up. Or even the casino pop-ups you get still yeah, nowadays. Yeah, I do. You know, online casino, casino All that sort of stuff. It was probably this guy's, this wow, guy's fault. That's, uh, I mean, I guess it's a way to make a career for yourself? Let's see now. He was... Oh, and the current fine that the judge passed down is $711 million is what they're awarding. Facebook says they really don't expect to see a lot of that, but they want this guy prosecuted. Now, the thing is, is for the fraud, his max term is three years. That's it. Now, he is being charged also with damage to a protected computer, which carries max 10 years. So, 
I mean, he could go away for a little while, but... Yeah, well, and maximum sentences don't actually have a lot of impact on how long people really get sentenced for, especially if he has no criminal record or has a minimal criminal record. Yeah, well, and he's it's it's all white-collar is the thing, so it's entirely likely that he will see the inside of a minimum security prison for a few yeah. years. But, but yeah, that's A for asshole right there. All right, well, that, I think, brings us to the end of our time. Something that our old listeners will recognize is we used to do really, really long podcasts. We're trying to rein that in, keep these a little more slimline, a little more efficient, good for a commute, good for a workout. So, what have we learned today? We've learned that A is for Avengers. A is for Apples. And A is for Assholes. So, let's see. Contact information. We probably won't have an email here, but you can leave your comments on our Tumblr site, which is where you will have downloaded this podcast from. Give us a shout-out on Twitter. Follow or, you know, even just give us some information. I am at Captain Sask. My Twitter is at Deadly Duke, and probably we'll link those on the site as well, so we don't have to repeat them all the time. Yeah. Other than that, subscribe to the show. We should have an RSS button, or don't, but please do. Yeah, really, and please. Let us I'm not know. Too proud like, to beg. If, if we babbled, like, because I know I babble, um, I'm probably babbling right now. Or if there are things you didn't like, or things we focused on that you're like, that really doesn't affect me at all. Well, probably a lot of this doesn't affect you at all, but just let us know. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you don't want to hear. Yeah, it's been a year since our last podcast. I think we had a lot more efficiency of not babbling before, and so we're probably back into the. Uh, talking head mode here. Yeah, but, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's just over time, so even if you didn't like this cast, maybe give the next one, or the one after that, or all of them a listen to. I guarantee you will get better. Yeah. Alright, well, we've had fun. This has been, I guess, ground control, and maybe we'll be more confident about that next time. Yeah. Major Tom signing off. Ciao.